Welcome to the Family Man Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. We're coming to you every week to discuss topics for family protectors. We're about creating community for tactical dads and moms, doing the work to become better protectors and providers, and being force multipliers for good. So come on in, sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. All right, we're back at it this week with another podcast. This week we're going to talk about the modern Minuteman concept, kit, considerations for gear. Um, so it should be a fun little topic here um, and one that's not going to, you know, it shouldn't be a really long podcast. Um, but I wanted to take some time and chat about uh, something that, you know, keeps popping up in, in the question sections of, you know, the internet, uh, everybody's obsessed with kit and all that kind of stuff. So I figured, yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, I know uh, recently, just uh, last week, man, I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm just dog tired. Uh, this last week is just nonstop go, go, go. And um, that's cool. You know, I'm dad tired, which I'm sure a lot of you out there are. Um, it's it's Hey, it beats being bored, right? You got a sense of purpose. Um, you know, my regular career, uh, my family, um, you know, friends, all that kind of stuff. Just things popping up. Um, working on launching this this uh, venture here. Um, so it's just crazy stuff being going on. And then we had a time change. Um, you know, for those of you that uh, you know are in the U.S. and and don't live on uh, in uh, Hawaii or, or Arizona you know you got to experience that fun little thing yesterday the time change oh anyway man I could have slept forever today so yeah I'm super dad tired um, but uh, just a heck of a lot of blessings in the last week um, you know I got some good you know regular job news um, and then uh, I'll, I'll tell you all about it here in a minute, but the um, you know Family Man Tactical Network um, is is getting ready to explode, so that's that's kind of cool too. I've uh, been working working with a few folks around the country, um, and I got to tell you, I've said this a couple times on this podcast, but it is just really cool um, to to take a concept um, and and just start working it and see other folks that want to be a part of it and have better ideas um, about how to add value to this brand um, than maybe you would have even thought of to begin with. So it's just this kind of snowball that's building here and it's pretty cool. So while I'm ticked off at myself that I haven't had any guests on the podcast yet, I just got a reminder uh, yesterday and I got a reminder from another uh, person last week and, and, um, you know, so yeah, honestly, if anybody knows the best remote um, software to kind of work with somebody and do a, a podcast, um, let's say I'm in New York and they're in California and we want to do a podcast together. If you have any ideas, drop me an email because I'm really new to the idea of uh, remote podcasting. You know, I'm on like a uh, um, Zoom and Microsoft Teams for work all the time. And I know you can record that stuff. That's fine. Um, but I was looking for something really bare bones and simple. So yeah, if you want to help me out and you know uh, the best podcast software to use for 
uh, hooking people up remote. Um, don't need to capture video, just uh, just audio right now. That'd be a super big help. And then I can bring out uh, bring out some folks. Uh, I keep talking about OG Steve. He's a buddy of mine local, and uh, he is a cool cat. He's about as cool as I would like to be someday. So I always like talking to him. He's just got an interesting perspective on life. And he's a family man, protector. He is this brand. Um, he's he's the embodiment of this brand, just like a lot of you are out there as, as family protectors. And, um, you know, that's that's cool. And then, then uh, I've got some other folks, um, Stephen over at Adapter Die. Um, He's uh he's got a pretty cool uh, brand out there that hits everything from preparedness to wilderness survival, and um, he's a he's an officer um, in the army, and he's got some really cool uh, skill sets and and perspective. And there's another cat that I have not introduced yet, but he does shooting courses out in Utah. We've been talking, um, and. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to introducing him and getting him on the the podcast as well. So, lots going on. I just got to do it right <laughs> and stop being so darn tired. Um, yeah. So so that's what's going on. Uh, we are going to be launching uh, some coursework again, uh, putting together framework of um, how the coursework. First of all, topics. You know, um, there's going to be some firearms courses, fitness, preparedness. Um, security team stuff, all for the family protector. You know, it's it's awesome to see all these shooting schools that have people running, you know, $8,000 uh, night vision and all that kind of stuff. But Family Man Tactical, man, our heart is with, I say our heart because I'm working with people that have the same mentality. Our heart is for the average American that's not going out and dropping, you know, eight grand on a, a night vision setup with all the accoutrement that goes on your rifle and you know your laser and your IR illuminator and your your Gen 3 nods and all that kind of stuff and how do those folks who don't have all those things maybe have a shotgun maybe have an AR and a white light how do they provide security in a grid down crap hits a fan situation so that's that's where my heart is um, is for those people and so that's what our courses are going to be designed for is the average family protector um, that is on a budget um, that has to not only have some preparedness food put away, but they've got all this other stuff. And oh, by the way, they're not, you know, living, living in the upper 3% of income bracket and stuff like that. So that's who uh, that's who I want to serve with this brand, really, because um, that's who I am. All right. I'm, I'm just like. Uh, the vast majority of folks out there. So that's that's what we're after is putting coursework together for those folks. Um, how do they do achievable uh, fitness uh, to stay uh, ready for whatever protective detail they need to do? How do they, you know, how do they do drills and stuff like that? That's maybe not the the craziest uh, jumping from planks and swinging objects while shooting and stuff. I saw somebody doing that video and it was kind of interesting and it really builds. Um, your ability to to harness your your fundamentals of of um, marksmanship, but that <laughs> how do we how do we do practical stuff that we're actually going to train day in and day out? So that's just um, what we're after with our coursework. And then I've got about twenty five articles lined up 
I just got to sit down and write them. And they're about all sorts of good topics, stuff that I've learned over the years um, from awesome instructors and, and teachers and, and that I've put into practice myself. Um, so keep staying tuned to the website because I'm just going to be knocking out those articles. And here's another thing. If you sign up for our newsletter, um, it's down in the show notes there. Again, you get that free AR-15 Builders Guide um, that we put together. It's got about 20 pages of all sorts of considerations, checklists, a budgeting tool, but it's also got links to like hours of um, technical videos uh, through Brownells. So yeah, go sign up. And and if you already know everything there is to know about AR-15s, that's cool, man. Um, maybe you can teach me something um, and then I can get even better. But what you could do is um, encourage other people that don't know to sign up and get on that newsletter and get that guide. So that's a thought. Okay, so let's jump into it. We've got modern day Minuteman kit. That search pops up. I, I was looking on Google and that search um, is just, you know, it's consistently popping up. Um, Google says about 400 searches. Now that's not the same, you know, that's not like a tremendous amount of search uh, traffic, but you you take all the variations of that uh, modern day Minuteman kit, um, modern Minuteman kit, and you start adding all these together, and it's still like they're all kind of the general theme of things. You start that's several thousand. Once you add up all the variations of of that question that people are searching for, it's several thousand a month um, that people are looking to find out more about that, and and so you know that makes sense. Um, just the fascination with gear, right, is just off the charts. And then look at the search traffic for um, the newest type of gear fads, right, out there like micro chest rig. And that's, you know, a couple thousand on top of that. And then, you know, best micro chest rig. And you start, at, like I said, you start adding all these together and you're like, man, people are just, man, they love, love gear. Um, but the problem is, is like, it's easy to get lost in gear, right? And I'm probably not telling you family protectors out there anything that you don't already know. I'm just, like I said from the beginning with this podcast, I'm just like your buddy sitting down having a beer with you uh, Friday night by the campfire or coffee if you don't drink beer, right? Either way, I'm just I'm just kicking this conversation back and forth with you. And, um, you know, drop me an email. Let me know your thoughts on it when we're done talking here. But basically... You know, I, I was I was able to benefit from a more conventional style of training um, with my uh, tactical training mentor um, and that did that stuff for a living. And so I was carrying, when I was training a lot um, on, on weekends and stuff like that uh, at this, for lack of better terms, training center, you know, I was carrying like conventional load-bearing equipment, a conventional ruck, um, you know, battle rifle and stuff like that, doing conventional marksmanship training and patrolling and all that kind of stuff. So I learned a lot about the basics over and over and over again. And it was so cool. But the reality is, you know, for a family protector, he might not want to be carrying the same conventional equipment that um, our military does. One, because sometimes it's just heavier than some of the newer stuff coming out. It's... Um, maybe meant for long range um, out in rural environments and stuff like that. 
and they're, they're going to be operating and protecting their neighborhood or whatever in a, in a post-collapse environment. So maybe their considerations are a little bit different than conventional military is all I'm saying, right? So I, you know, what I did is I ran through some considerations here and maybe you'll find these useful. If you don't, cool. Let me know. Let me know what considerations I missed. Okay. Um, but one of the things is, you know, when we're, when we're buying load bearing equipment, what is it for? It's load bearing equipment. In, in case you don't know, is, is kind of like chest rigs, plate carriers with pouches, um, and you know, or the old H harnesses and all the newer, uh, variations of that war belts, all that kind of stuff. Basically those items are meant to carry combat gear into combat, like magazines and ammunition, um, and all sorts of other things that allow people to actually project force. Now I've got to be really careful how I'm presenting this because, you know, the family protector, the average citizen is trying to avoid, um, that that kind of conflict, whereas our military is constantly preparing to go seek, not seek, I should say, but go meet our, our nation's threats, right? Where they need to be met. Whereas a family protector, their job is to do everything they can do to avoid that trouble. And that's the difference. And I think that's another consideration we, we have to put in our brain is like, what is our military's, you know, the average citizen defender that could be pushed into a role of neighborhood defense or whatever in a, in a really bad situation. That's not their goal. They don't want to be looking for that, but they have to be ready, right? So, um, yeah, basically, I'm looking at, okay, why? What is the purpose of the LBE, the load-bearing equipment, you know? Because that'll drive how much money I spend on it. That'll tell me how much time I need to spend training with it. For instance, if I decided, oh, I'm going to wear an old interceptor vest and thing weighs a million pounds and, you know, I'm going to attach a bunch of pouches to it and stuff. Well, it tells me that the weight of that, I'm going to have to get used to carrying it. And I'm going to have to spend a lot of time because it's restrictive and stuff. And obviously there's not a lot of people going out and purchasing old interceptor uh, vests and stuff like that and wearing that around just because yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculously heavy and uh, constrictive and all that kind of stuff. But you get my point. Like, okay, maybe there's something that lends itself better to a family protector that may need to be in an urban and rural environment um, on their feet for long periods of time, but because of a preparedness event or whatever that limits their food intake, they're operating on lower calories. Um, they're in and around structures maybe performing work on vehicles, gardens, all sorts of stuff that would take to run a homestead in a post-collapse environment where wearing some stuff that's very restrictive and meant for a conventional force is, is um, not really the best option there. So those are kind of like high-level considerations is why are, you, why are you selecting this? Is it because we see that... Um, you know, deltas and other special operation forces are running with this stuff? Or is it because it's like, oh, hey, I, you know, I've done some research. And while this doesn't carry, you know, 300 rounds of ammunition on this carrier here, um, it carries enough where I'm in an area 
of my community where I can get resupply and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it allows me to move. I can perform work, um, gardening work. I can perform uh, maintenance. I can perform all sorts of stuff while wearing security gear. And, and so without jumping into security tasks in a post-collapse environment, it's just something to consider. There's, there's a lot of things that we could be doing at the same time being ready to provide security um, in a crap hits the fan environment. So there's also um, a consideration for how far will you be traveling um, from your area of operation. So could you be doing, you know, in a post-collapse environment, could you be doing long-range patrol? Yeah, probably. I mean, if there's going to be threats out there, you wouldn't want them to to be on your doorstep um, before you realize they're there and the best way to meet them is farther away from your important stuff that you have to protect, right? Um, but then again, you might not have a lot of people um, in, in your area of operations to protect your yourself. Um, and so the more sparsely you put yourself and spread yourself out, your people, you know, um, that could be trouble too. So there's there's a balance that needs to be struck there. And how does this relate back to gear? Well, every pound of gear you carry, you know, that's burning calories. And, you know, hey, um, there's people out there that can produce all the food they need on a homestead. Um, but the vast majority of Americans, uh, just by statistics, aren't set up for that. Woefully unprepared for that. Um, you know, and the reality is not not everybody's going to move out and start up a homestead. And, and it's just not how it's going to be. And and so Family Man um, Tactical and, and our network of people are, are really going after helping those who need to set up preparedness things for their suburban people, their urban people. How can we work together? Um, because the ultimate goal is to help establish, reestablish law and order. So... Um, we want our emergency services functioning. We want, um, you know, correct rule of law and all that kind of stuff functioning um, if there were ever to be a collapse, right? So, yeah. Um, another consideration here is layers, right? We always talk about, we hear about gear layering, right? So you got your level one, two, and three. And and honestly, I've I've gotten to the point where I like to consider my level one gear the same as my everyday carry gear, the same as I would wear um, in Crap Hits a Fan because I use it every single day. I know where everything's at in my pockets. And I carry a small survival kit in my jeans pockets. You know, I carry a lighter. I carry a multi-tool. I carry a pistol mag and a reload. Um, and you start thinking about if I carried like a you know, a pistol belt or something like that. What else is on that pistol belt that I don't already carry? Well, maybe maybe a second reload um, and then maybe a couple uh, AR mags and a dump pouch and a med kit. But you get my point. There's a med kit to consider and maybe I can just strap that onto my regular belt and um, I can throw an extra AR mag in my, my jeans pockets there, in my back pocket. Um, so I don't necessarily need to be wearing this, you know, 10-pound pistol belt um, when I carry this stuff in my pockets every day. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's it's just like being flexible, 
I guess is what I'm after is, is I need to be a little bit more flexible, understanding I carry around my level one gear every single day. I don't, it would, people would start looking at me really weird if I were, I was carrying around, um, my, uh, my war poet society, uh, pistol belt <laughs> with everything decked out on it. They go, Oh man, this, you know, they're probably, somebody probably, you know, if I was going to the local grocery store, somebody probably call the, um, the police, uh, thinking something was going to happen. Right. And so my point is, is, you know, covertly I carry my level one, just about all my level one gear that I need. Um, and I could easily throw an arrow AR mag in one of my jeans pockets and still be okay and be able to function and whatever. And my level one would be um, just about complete. And I could throw on an ankle uh, blowout kit and man, I'm good to go. So a little bit non-conventional there or unconventional, but it still fits the role. Um, and it doesn't raise a bunch of eyebrows. Uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, the full blown out plate carrier and all that kind of stuff for level two. Level two is like your your LBE, right? Your combat load and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I always point to this um, five five eleven tactical made this uh, this thing. It was called the four banger, right? And it was like this little sling pack that if you orient it on your chest and throw another strap across, it turns into a micro chest rig, and it's got room for four mags like a blowout kit, like a compass and a map, and maybe like some snacks and, and different, I don't even know what, a monocular. It's got some room in it, but it's not so crazy that if it's in the way, um, that you can't like move it and just sling it over your back. And and it's really cool. And and I don't know why it's not more popular um, with with uh, citizens out there. It just, it's, it's neat. Right. And, and I love it. And I have several of them because when it's all buttoned up and everything like that, you throw it over your back. You can't even see the mags. You can't even see that there's four uh, AR mags there. Um, and if you put a piece of felt over the top of it, you know, and, and buckle down the, the buckles there, you couldn't see it if you wanted to. Um, and it just and I'm not proposing that, you know, you got to be gray man and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying. There might be a time when walking around with a plate carrier and and uh, dressed in head-to-toe multicam with um, you know a, a bump helmet and all that kind of stuff, you might not want to look like that um, because for whatever reason, there's a million reasons you might not want to look like that. One, because you're not military. Two, um, there's a host of other reasons why and stuff. So just a thought out there. There's stuff that we can adapt. And the other part of, uh, and I'm writing an article on this, the other part of the, the micro chest rig concept that's kind of cool is there's a lot of different um, stuff out there that allows you to expand them. So expand and contract. So it'd be easy to throw in a backpack. Let's say I need a go kit and the God forbid the US were teetering on collapse and, and you just felt it necessary to always have a little micro chest rig and and um, a carbine with you wherever you went. It'd be really easy to throw one of those in a backpack and break down your little carbine and, and throw it in a backpack and stuff like that. So that, you know, like I said, God forbid something ever happened, you were able to get home safely and have a way to protect yourself um, until law and order could be restored, right? So it's just, there's options out there is what I'm saying that 
just because our military wears, you know, this plate carrier or this LBE unit or whatever doesn't mean that we as citizen defenders and family protectors need to have that. Um, and it doesn't mean that we have to sacrifice effectiveness at being good protectors, right? Um, and the other thing too is, you know, I've, I've wrestled with this. I love my um, uh, Marine Corps um, Philby pack. Some people love them, some people hate them. You know, I've been able to carry those with a lot of weight in them, um, but there's no mistaking what they are. They look completely military and, you know, it just, uh, but they're so durable. And they, for me, they balance, you know, 80 to 100 pounds on my back really well. Now, my goal is never to be carrying that much weight, but I could if I wanted to. So that's cool. Um, but honestly, I'm more apt to be just carrying a Kelty backpack with whatever uh, bug out items I need or security items I need. So there's there's considerations is all. Um, the modern day Minuteman kit, it doesn't have to look like Deltas. It doesn't have to look like Rangers and Seals and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's what's cool. That's what's sexy. And that's what you see people who pay for courses, go to shooting courses, uh, wear their stuff like. You see people uh, doing courses with uh, outside the waistband holsters. And that's cool. I think we should do that training. Um, but the vast majority of us, according to what I see when I'm walking out and about, aren't wearing outside the waistband holsters. Um, and we, in a collapse environment, we might not be wearing outside the waistband holsters as well. Yeah, so I... I I like when I see people training from concealment in a, in a pistol course and stuff like that. And I try to do that mostly because that's how I'm going to conduct myself in definitely in rule of law situations. But even in a post-collapse environment, you know, I don't know that I'm going to be rolling around with um, an outside the waistband or overt um, pistol, right? So anyway, just something to think about there. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just getting the juices flowing, getting uh, getting thinking done. Um, so that's it, really, is just when we're building our modern-day uh, Minuteman kit, being ready to provide uh, security uh, for our families if, if there were ever a bad situation, you know, why are we doing it? Are we doing it because we're watching um, conventional, well, both conventional and unconventional military forces uh, wear those things? Um, some of the stuff they do, it's should be replicated just because it works. For instance, you know, you have a, a SEER instructor. Um, their, their skills uh, surviving uh, without resources um, in, in bad territory, man, those skills work. <laughs> so they should be replicated, right? But also, you know, um, wearing a bump helmet when you don't have um, night vision, you know, maybe that's not the best thing. Maybe it is. I'm, I'm not judging you. But, um, there's that. There's also how far are you going? You know, this stuff weighs. It weighs. When it's wet, how much does it weigh when it wet? It, it, it's wet. You know, gear is gear is what it is when it's dry. But man, when you've been out in the rain for four days, it gets real heavy too. These are all considerations. How many calories are you going to be able to support? You know, if you're carrying 40 pounds of crap on your back and you're surviving on 600 calories a day, 
Eh, it might not work out too well. And what type of calories are those? Are those sugar carbohydrates or are they protein, right? These are all things that matter. And so I always try to lend myself to knowing that as a protector and provider, if I'm giving my family the majority of the food, right, and we've only got enough food to, to get us through to hopefully when supply chain and logistics are restored, that, you know, I'm carrying as little weight as possible while still being able to be a good protector. Hmm. Um, and then layering. Honestly, I, I wrestle. I love my War Poet Society pistol belt. I really do. Um, and it's set up and it's got easy access to my AR mags and my pistol, my outside the waistband pistol and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is I'm probably going to be rolling concealed. If I'm only wearing my level one stuff in a lot of environments, I'm probably only going to be going concealed. It's just how it is. You know? My my viewpoint might change. Um, that's just how it is. Um, and that's something I'm looking at, as well as how do I want to appear? Again, I, I know the gray man thing has been played out, but I don't think people really have gray man in context of what the purpose is. You know, it's just not to draw attention to yourself. I'm not trying to be incognito. I just want to blend in, right? And it's not because I'm trying to be super spy. It's because sometimes being overt um, in bad situations draws trouble to yourself and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and so, yeah, it just, um, just how do I appear? I don't want to appear as a conventional military person um, necessarily in a post, uh, post-collapse environment um, because it might just, draw unnecessary attention to myself. So things to think about. Again, look, there's no right or wrong answer here um, because I'm speaking from an instance where I've always been in a rule of law uh, world. And, you know, I mean, I've had some bad events go down, um, but there was always, um, you know, at least um, emergency services, you know, 20, 20 minutes away or something like that. Uh, when it whenever anything bad happens. So uh, something to think about. Yeah. So look, um, <laughs> I might not have been, uh, the most, uh, kind of been over the, all over the map here uh, with this podcast, but look, you know, just things to think about. Why are we putting our, uh, gear together the way we are? You know, are we trying to replicate what other people do with other jobs and, and tasks and all that kind of stuff? Um, who have a steady supply of uh, logistics or are we considering what it might be like to be on very little food um, having to discreetly carry uh, your security stuff with you you know it could be it could be one end of the spectrum or it could be the other end of the spectrum or anything in between Uh, but it's at least healthy to think about it so yeah hey i'm very thankful for the the training I got with uh, wearing the old H suspenders and the Alice uh, pack and all that kind of stuff. Um, it really kind of provided a color that I wouldn't have um, to apply to kind of evaluating what types of gear I want as a family protector in, uh, in crap hits a fan. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. Um, but now that 
I know what I know, I can tailor my stuff a little bit. And with a little bit of research, um, you know, I'm sure all of you are doing the same thing. So again, I don't have all the right answers. Um, and I'm just like you trying to figure it all out with what I know. Um, so if you have any thoughts there, I'd be uh, happy to hear what you got going on. And uh, maybe I missed something here, probably, because um, I don't know everything. But yeah, right in. I'll put you on blast. I'll put you out there um, if if you want. And uh, we'll, we'll keep talking about this stuff. What other gear ideas do you have for the modern um, modern day Minuteman and kit? That's about it. So, hey, um, I wish you a wonderful week, rest of the week here. And, uh, you know, I pray that God blesses you, provides safety to your family, and uh, helps us be better uh, protectors and providers uh, for our loved ones. So, hey, thanks for um, tuning in. It means the world to me. I've gotten such uh, positive feedback here. I think this is an awesome community, and I want to keep doing this. Um, if you have ideas and you think, hey, you know, there's something that I'd like to see on this podcast or um, some type of person I'd like to see on this podcast or whatever, I will go chase that down for you. Um, and we'll keep having a good time. Thanks again. God bless you. Talk to you soon.